0: Yeah, that tunnel vision that you get, I think. I think that's true. As a copywriter, there's there's often a lot of pressure to niche, um, which can be, I think, super helpful. You know, you niche into medical writing, then your marketing gets easier, your job process gets easier, you're writing the same kinds of copy, you get faster. Um, But I think you should always keep a little bit of time up your sleeve to write a video script for a vet. You know, or to write, uh, you know, some Facebook ads for a clown. You know, no, not clowns. Clowns are terrifying. But you know what I mean.
1: Lady Kate, what an honour! It's been possibly months that we've been trying to do this. Um, I think I first reached out to Kate probably midway through last year. As like, please, can we have a podcast? It's like, like I'm really busy. <laughs> you <ever> that? <laughs> no, you said you said yes, and then and then and then we both. We're both not, yeah. We're we're both not not uh, that amazing at panning, So, but it's an honour to chat to you now. <laughs> yeah, um, we made it, we
0: made
1: it. Yeah, congratulations. I feel happy for us both. Um, so <laughs> so uh, yeah, and Kate is is the most remarkable copywriter. So we met through Vicky Ross, who is amazing and helped us make the Canline copywriting course that we made. And you very kindly helped us on that. And your videos are some of the videos that people email us about the most, and say that Kate Team person is amazing. And uh, oh. so hopefully you've got you've got lots of uh, new fans from uh, around the world. So th- thank you. And your lesson was hilarious as well. I think you talked about um, was it wee wee's? Wee wee's, yeah. It's
0: one of was my it- classics. The wee wee test. Not having too much copy about yourself. Yeah. Yeah. I just like wee wee.
1: Yeah, so it's, um, I love that so much. And it was just so simple. And I think we've actually started using it more in our own, in my own life and in our own work life now. Whenever I see a piece of copy, I always remember about your wee-wee story. And I'm like, has, has it got the word you in it? <laughs> uh, make people say you all the time, makes a lot of sense. But um, yeah, Kate, I mean, how you've obviously got an English accent, but you're definitely not in the UK. Um. Tell me, how did how did this happen? How did you get from, from the UK to Australia?
0: Well, I was in the UK till about 25, um, you know, doing various jobs in digital marketing and things like that, when digital marketing was just, you know, in its nascent stages. It had just begun in the UK. Um, and then a friend of mine wanted to go backpacking. So the intention really was to go backpacking around Asia. But my friend fell in love with a Thai boy called Bang um, oh. on a beach, Great uh, in, yeah, great name. Um, bang by name, bang by nature, by all accounts. So he, uh, that was in Pipenyan. <laughs> and I was suddenly bereft of a friend. And to be honest, not a much experienced traveller. The furthest we went when I was a char- child was was Wales. So I, I was terrified, to be honest. And I hop footed it straight to Australia where I had one friend. Um, and then two weeks later, I got a job because I ran out of money, you know. Um, and so I got a job, and the job happened to be as kind of head of digital at Ogilvy who had just started their digital department little did they know that I was very underqualified I got demoted and demoted as time went on as they realized I was not capable of such a role but then yes I was in Australia I did that role for about three years they were very kind enough to sponsor me um, uh, which then as soon as they did I left <laughs> Great. You know, what a millennial. I came back to the UK for a few years, realised the horror of the UK and, and the weather and then came back to Australia. We were talking about this just before the podcast. It was like coming back out of Narnia. It was like Australia had never existed. And um, it took me about four years to sort myself out and come back to Australia. And I've been here ever since.
1: Wow. It, the thing that is so nuts about that is when I moved to South Africa, I moved and started working in digital marketing for Ogilvy in South Africa. No way! <laughs> and they sponsored my visa. <laughs>
0: yeah, well, we, uh, we both owe Ogilvy a debt. I
1: really do. Hundred um, percent. I mean, I, I love I love that agency, and I know um, I mean, the work from the the Sydney office has has always been really good as well. Um,
0: yeah, it's a different vibe. Uh, Ogilvy was part owned by a man called John Singleton over here, who's a real fuzzy yes. kind of battler, and he was very. Practical about advertising, like there was no subtlety to the advertising. It would be like, "Here's a beer. It tastes like beer." That would be a classic ad here. And there was, we weren't allowed to enter awards, so kind of that kind of creative, kind of creativity, that kind of snark, that wit that you get to advertising in maybe yeah. the UK, it yeah. wasn't here in Australia. It was very practical, but it was still a great experience. It was an amazing place to
1: work. Yeah, no, it's, um, and it's, and I, I don't know about you, but I always found that. Ogilvy people tend to be, you tend to find some of the characters in different Ogilvy offices around the world. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. I found that, that quite characters. nice. I think working in, in a good a, way.
0: there's <laughs> <Yeah, hopefully. laughs> some bad ways to, I think working in an advertising agency is honestly like it's a baptism of fire. Like, you know, the characters, the personalities, the huge egos you have to deal with, um, okay. you know. It was terrifying to be honest and I'm glad that I'm no longer in advertising life and I work for myself.
1: Well, um, I um, never
0: quite felt like I fitted in to be honest but I enjoyed it.
1: Yeah one well, I think that's possibly a, a common thing where people don't feel like they quite fit in but I think you touched on something that was interesting there. Do you think a positive that you get from am- advertising with that baptism of fire is often particularly if you're at a big agency you end up having to learn a lot about a lot quite quite quickly and I, do you feel that perhaps would have given you some extra confidence to go out on your own and do your own thing because I mean I guess that's the next question is how did you yeah how did you start the the empire that you have now um,
0: quite by accident to be honest so I worked there and then I worked obviously at places in the UK came back and did contract roles. Um, you know, I was obviously had a bit more experience under my belt, so I was going into agencies and being contractor. Uh, briefly, was a digital manager of an agency. I was on the board and had shares. It was absolutely hideous. So, kind of enjoyed the contracting life. Um, and then, you know, I was at that stage where I wanted to have a family. Uh, we were actually told we couldn't have kids. Um, we would have to do IVF. So it was all going to, that wasn't maybe going to happen for me. Mm. And then quite by chance, I got randomly pregnant. I, I blame my dog. The dog is not the father, but I got <laughs> a dog. And immediately after getting the dog, I got pregnant. Um, and then several other people who looked after my dog also got pregnant. So I think he's a fertility dog. Wow. Um, <laughs> random, like, you know what I'm like, Chris, I'm just going to go on off on a little tangent. Anyway, <laughs> got pregnant um was contracting so no maternity leave i had no savings really i was the primary breadwinner so at about five months pregnant i i left the agency i was working at and i was like i gotta do something and i set up katetoon.com hideous website had flames up the side flames black website with red copy what what some kind of satanic thing going on there um And I just did everything and anything to begin with, a bit of project management, because I was actually a producer and a project manager in agency world, more than a copywriter, I did have a brief stint, and did everything and anything to get get started. But yes, back to your actual question, you know, the Ogilvy stuff, just being able to pump out the work on a deadline, to not have to sit there and wait for inspiration, that, 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 you know, we always had to timesheet everything, every minute of our day had to be recorded against the client, so that discipline of, managing my time and then the project management skills of managing budgets and also to be honest managing people I think being a good successful freelance copywriter is 50% at writing and 50% dealing with clients you know they probably won't even remember the copy you wrote but they will remember the relationship so having learned to be a diplomat was hugely helpful in my freelance copywriting business
1: Uh, I imagine were there any books or people that you met or that sort of key bits of advice that you learned quite early on that really helped you? Or was it just kind of, you picked it up as you went along?
0: I must admit, I'm not a huge business book reader. You know, I'm a a, a voracious reader of novels, but I don't, business books leave me quite cold, even my own. Um, So no, I mean, I think I had a few very dramatic creative directors at Ogilvy. Most of them were from a design background, not a copy. I had one great uh, creative director, Matt Rochford, who is a copywriter, who taught me little basics which seems so obvious now, like the rule of three and, you know, uh, problem agitate solution and, you know, using adjectives, you know, it's a big, uh, big thing. So you you make the copy big and then it's a small, just stupid little things that stuck with me. but no, no like, great one line. I remember one creative director was obsessed with The Economist and he used to try and, he was always running these competitions to write the headline that would go on the front page of The Economist. And I always lost. Um, and a friend of mine, Barry Seppings, always won. And I remember just loathing Barry Seppings, being so jealous of him. Um, and then rather lovely, he actually came and did my course last year, Barry Seppings. And it was a bit of a, it was a wonderful moment for me because I saw his name pop up and I was like, it can't be the Barry Seppings was and of course he's a lovely lovely man I was just very bitter and jealous so no no I'm waffling again but no big lesson just lots of kind of big personalities with big ideas and I guess a little bit of that rubs off on you over the years
1: yeah it makes makes a lot of sense I think I I tend to agree on that and I think that again in advertising there there are so many of those really simple rules that you that you get to know I mean even if it's just <laughs> I remember one of my there was one of my first bosses was a guy called Gavin Levinson. He was just obsessed with presentations as well. So everything had to be aligned, and you know don't don't use more than two or three different fonts for a presentation. I mean, ideally one. Like there's all all these kind of things, but they they're gold dust uh, when, you, yeah. you know, when you end up having to present something to someone. Um, and so so it's yeah so helpful. But um, I mean, you you've actually gone on to to teach lots of stuff yourself so I'm imagining now is it are you still doing um you know what's the sort of percentage split roughly is it mostly now teaching in courses or are you still doing um lots of the actual work yourself
0: so I think you know I've been doing this for now 13 years I think for the first four years I was solidly copywriting um for clients And then about the year five, which obviously coincided with my son going to school, that's when I started to branch out and do a bit of training. It was mostly live workshops. And and then back then, you know, now courses are two a penny. But back then, there were no online courses, especially not in SEO. So I built them then. And for a brief period, I did both clients and that stuff. And it was very hard. It was really challenging. Uh But I haven't really had any proper copywriting clients for about four years now. Uh, last year I did two projects, uh, was a coffee company and an immigration lawyer, both amazing, Part mostly just because I really like the people and also yeah. because I wanted to keep my hand in. I run a big community of copywriters and you get, the further you get away from copywriting, you forget all the little horrors of, you know, that, that, when you've told the clients use track changes and then they send the debt back with a scroll on it faxed back, you know. I just showed this to my wife. She writes the school newsletter and she thinks she shouldn't have used but in this sentence, you know, that kind of stuff. I needed yeah. to feel that again uh, so that I could help my members a bit more. So two clients in the last four years and then the rest mm-hmm. is just writing for myself.
1: And um, tell me more about the the SEO copywriting course as well. Because I mean, that when... When, when I was doing some research before the show, that one came up a lot everywhere. So, I mean, you've obviously, the, the name of the course uh, uh, lives true in that it came up uh, a lot on, on searches. So, um, yeah, I mean, is that, I'm imagining that must have skyrocketed over sort of COVID times with people starting their own businesses and things. So Yeah, so it's it's
0: it's a holistic course. It's not just copywriting because I think the problem with a lot of copywriting courses is they teach... SEO copywriting portion in a vacuum and just like you can't out exercise bad nutrition you can't out write bad SEO so you really as a copywriter need to understand the tech stuff the backlinks the keyword research even if all you're doing is the copy because you know otherwise you can't set client expectations you know they're coming to you saying I want to write 20 blogs to help with my google and then you look at their site it's taking 15 minutes to load and you're like no amount of blogs is going to save you okay (laughs) so yeah, I mean, I started that in 2016. We just closed the launch again. we 23rd launch we just did. So it's big. We've had about nearly 1,300 people through that big course. And then I've got lots of little courses. I've got like a 10-day challenge and a free course, called, foolishly called SEO Nibbles, um, which I've always <laughs> said nipples instead. So throughout every video, I say nipple and then try and correct myself. And by the end, I just give up correcting myself. <laughs> so yeah i mean that's that for me was huge a huge money earner a very stressful thing to produce now not so much but yeah I, I i really enjoy that course it challenges me trying to break down really complex ideas into the most basic form that you, anybody can get you know somebody that barely even knows what a web browser is can get it and um, that's a real intellectual challenge for me and i love
1: that yeah and it's it's what I love about, what I loved uh, when I was going through it as well was the the fact that you do them all um, live so they're not uh, it seems like this yeah. is obviously, I'm sure there's parts of it which are on demand but that the, it's it's the, there's a good helping hand with it um, which i think yeah. is, is hard to find from someone your caliber and that they're, they're actually really reasonably priced so you should probably double <laughs> your prices <laughs> oh, you probably,
0: but I think you know a good course lives or dies often by the support uh, yeah. you need someone whipping your butt to make you finish it and you know seo is not i'm not going to say copywriting is easy but seo you know you you do all the things you follow all the steps and just on your step 13 your your side does something different and there's no rhyme or reason to it because you did this back in 2017 and that affected this and blah 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 so the ability to ask someone questions is so much more important you know like it's you need to be able to bounce ideas off people and play around with it so yeah I do love the supportive version I have unsupported courses I have evergreen courses but that one it would just be too hard to go it alone I think
1: yeah and it makes sense I think different you know even with our platform we've tried to make it um you know as, as brilliant as we can and and we've got super high completion rates but I know that there are some subjects that we wouldn't dare to try and teach um, because we just wouldn't, it just, it doesn't fit it. So I think um, it's good to know that there's, It's interesting with learning. There's no one style that's correct. Is there, it's always, everyone learns in a different way. So it's always a bit, bit hard. And I think that that goes the same for the different topics, which is interesting. Um, And uh, the other thing, which is, uh, which I love from you is you've got three podcasts. Um, I don't know whether all three are still running though. Um, no,
0: I had three podcasts. I had a copywriting one, an SEO one, and then my personal mm. one. The copywriting one was the hot copy podcast. It's, it's ended now. We're going to do like random episodes when we feel like it, but it's yeah. done. That was a good three years though. We, we yeah, got a lot good. of, yeah, um, we learned a lot doing that. The SEO one is still going and it's one of the biggest drivers for me for new customers. I think it's very hard. You either love someone or hate them after listening to their podcast for half an hour. So, yes, (laughs) I'm sure a lot of people hate me, but a lot of people seem to like it too. I'm hoping to resurrect the Kate Tune podcast um, because I kind of have evolved. You know, I'm not, I'm not really a true copywriter anymore. I feel a little bit of a charlatan, Chris. I'm a writer at heart, but. I, I'm not a working copywriter anymore. So, the K Tune podcast, I hope, can talk to all aspects of what I do now. It's been such an evolution, you know? Yeah. So, um, hopefully, somebody will be interested in hearing about
1: that. I'm 100% sure they would. I mean, you, well, your, your journey is just so interesting. And you, you know, because you've got a little team around you now. Um, yes. And I'm, I'm assuming it wasn't always that way. Um, yeah, I mean, how. Were there what were some of the tough things that you had to overcome that helped you get to where you are now um, with the think, business side of things?
0: I think the team thing is a great one to touch on. So I think as copywriters, we can be slightly martyry and think we have to do it all on our own. And also we're always, you know, if, we, if, we, if, if we're not really good with money and cash flow, we can always be in this feast and famine you know, roller coaster, and therefore the idea of actually paying someone to help us in our business is, just seems ludicrous, you know, like, well, I can barely pay myself. What are you talking about? And um, so I started very gently with just a VA virtual assistant for like an hour a week, And I didn't exactly know what that person was gonna do. But the thing is, once you get someone in your business, if they're smart, they see what they need to do. They're like, oh, you know, why are you wasting your time reconciling your zero account? Or, you know, I could do that in 20 minutes. You could be working. You know, why are you doing this bizarre process to onboard clients when really you could just do this and this? So bringing someone else in and getting that perspective is so useful for me. And I mean, I've always had a proofreader in my back pocket because I'm appalling at spelling. And grammar and i make so many typos so i've always had a proofread of that it gave me so much confidence again another you know like it's in agency you're working with loads of other creatives and then suddenly you go to working on your own you've got to think of all the ideas you've got to proof your work edit your work write the work be an accountant be a marketeer be a business manager a project manager an account handler it it's a lot yeah. so You know, as soon as I had a little bit of money, I started to try finding people who were better suited to those roles. And now I have 13 people, uh, not full-time, not full-time, obviously. (laughs) But, uh, you know, bits and bobs of people. They do their area of expertise. Like I've got someone who helps me with videos. I can make a video, but it would take me three hours to do what he does in 10. Um, And I'm about to hire a full-time business manager, which feels exceedingly grown up. On a very meaty salary that actually terrifies me, but um, it's uh, the business. I just need to be brave. I'm very British and I'm very Northern English, and I don't like spending money. That's a huge, sweeping generalisation, but it's about myself, so I feel I'm able to say it. But I've just realised that I can't have the kind of business I want unless I'm willing to take a bit of risk and invest in people. Yeah. That that's was a ramble, but I hope it made sense. <laughs> it,
1: it make it makes perfect sense. I mean, we're, we're yeah, we've we've. With with our company, it's kind of the same, and we've been going for five six years now. And whenever we can afford to hire someone new, and we get a little bit more money, and it inevitably goes on on people. Um, I think it, you know, you you're right. Like when you're at an agency, I, I used to, you know, if I had a presentation, I'd go to someone else and go, "Oh, Magnus, can you just have a look at this?" And you, but when you're running your own business, you. You can maybe get away with doing that once or twice, phoning an old friend, but you can't do that sustainably. So you need to surround yourself with other people that that can do things. And um, it, it's always interesting trying to figure out what the next hire needs to be, because I think when you're in a small business, particularly, there's there's a million jobs. It's like which one's yeah. going to be most important. And has has a lot of that, I guess, been guided by the projects that you've chosen to. To focus or concentrate on or, or. no
0: really i'm the person that will take on the projects and then work out mm. how to do it afterwards you know i yeah. i look at my strengths and my weaknesses you know the, the the early hires were i should have mentioned this before the va obviously i, I, I had an accountant i was never going to do my own tax yeah. i'm not good because yeah. um and then you know someone to set up my zero and be a bookkeeper that was huge i'm not good with I'm better with money, but it's not, doesn't come naturally to me. So that was a strength I didn't have outsource it. You know, I, the only thing I would never really outsource is the actual writing. Uh, that to me would feel very disingenuous so every post i write every social media thing it is is me because I, that's my core skill it would actually it pains me some i have hired copywriters to write for me and they tend to do this kind of almost cabaret version of me you know like the extreme
1: mm-hmm. uh, like
0: they're doing the impression and you amp it all up or a caricature so uh, that's the only thing i wouldn't do but generally i look at my weaknesses and try and fill those weaknesses uh, and then just get people who who are smarter than me, to be honest, which is not that hard. Um, You know, I'm a great project manager, but my new business manager is far superior, you know, Uh, because she's single-minded and I I am very, I am like a little bit of a squirrel. You know, I run after whatever nut I'm excited about. I'm better than I used to be, but I don't want to lose that squirrely nature. I don't want to stamp that out by becoming a business manager. You know, I I now... (laughs) Uh, It sounds after me bagging out creative directors, Chris, at the beginning of the episode, I am now the creative director of my company. That's the role that I've given myself. That's the title. So I get to, I'm the talent. I do the writing. I do the showing up, the podcast, the speaking, the live chats, the whatever, and other people behind the scenes make the wheels turn. And that's, that's a great place to be in, to be honest.
1: Uh, I'd imagine that you're scrolling and finding all these different things actually help you to, to be the incredible person you are and that, you know, that the, you know, my I strongly believe that that knowing a little about a lot is is really helpful. And I think it, it, it allows you to be much more creative and do whatever it is that you're doing much better. Um, I
0: love so, that you say that because I've always felt that that was such a weakness, you know, like, why wasn't I born with one great skill? Why am I an amazing swimmer or violinist or? mathematician and i'm not i'm a generalist you know i'm okay at quite a lot of things and i used to think that was terrible but i agree with you now it it, it's really helpful in life to be able to do a few different things you know Yeah.
1: my my guess though is that that i because i always thought the same as you but i think that this is a realization in the last kind of 10 years mainly thanks to the internet is that you don't necessarily need to be a specialist anymore um, yes. I, I, and there, was, there was, in, was I whenever I say that, I always think in the back of my head, oh, but of course, if you're a doctor, you need to be a specialist. But even with that, there's so much research that shows that if you, you know, doctors who are trying to find cancers, if they were more of a generalist, they often found uh, different, they found the cancers much faster or, or just identified them where the specialist was often overlook them. Um, but, yeah,
0: that tunnel vision that you get, I think, you know. <clears throat> I think that's true as a copywriter. There's, also, there's often a lot of pressure to niche, right. um, which can be, I think, super helpful. You know, you niche into medical writing, then your marketing gets easier, your job process get easier, you're writing the same kinds of copy, you get faster. Um, but I think you should always keep a little bit of time up your sleeve to write a video script for a vet, you know, or to write uh, you know, some Facebook ads for a clown. You know, no, not clowns, clowns are terrifying, but you know what I mean. Like, I never really niched by uh by industry I kind of niched a bit by SEO because back then it was a niche I don't think it is anymore but that, that that variation is what feeds my soul and every time I got like a big retainer client I remember I worked for a big tech brand for a long time writing their emails and I just kept putting the price up because I hated it, and they kept on being willing to pay the price. And after, you know, it was such good money that paid my mortgage, it paid everything. And after a year and a half, I just could not do it anymore, and I fired the client because I felt like I was just moving adjectives around in sentences. It was just soul destroying. So I think you know, being too much of a specialist can lead to a bit of tunnel vision and a bit of tedium for me, anyway, my I, personal.
1: I, I 100% agree. I mean, if, if I know this slightly different to where we were going but I mean who are your kind of who are the copywriters that you admire the most
0: um you know I'm not somebody that's sat down and written out Bob Bly's sales letters by hand for six years which is often recommended you know I think it's other people like me you know we mentioned uh Vicky Ross but we're gonna be we're gonna be mortified if we've got that name wrong I love Joanna Weave over in the States I think she's uh, I love what she's done with her business and the courses that she has and she's just a lovely lovely uh, human um, uh, there's a few i'm not going to remember any of their names uh i met a lot of lovely copywriters when i went over to an event called um tcc irl which is an american copywriting conference right. um, they all knew each other and they're all big names but obviously if i'm english i don't know who any of them are you <laughs> know um, yeah. So I'm not somebody that puts copywriters on a pedestal. You know, some of my favourite copywriters are actually members of my community. Who uh, There's a great copywriter in my community called Devi Kumode who does these amazing reels on Instagram. Hilarious. I don't know how she, you know, she's not like some 21-year-old millennial. She's my age. And so she's somebody I really admire. Do what you know what I mean? Handle? Oh, I, I won't be able to find it now. I'm going to have to find it on my phone.
1: <laughs> Talk amongst <Okay>. yourselves. <laughs> so we, we'll, we'll edit the break.
0: <laughs> i think it might be coffee spray. Let me do, i'm gonna look it up can you play some elevator music while i uh yeah. do, do this <laughs> i'll find it i'll find it in a minute um but yes you know so i don't think i have heroes and i definitely have no uh reverence for uh you know the old school the don drapers uh the mad men at all um and unfortunately but yeah it's different, you know, people inspire me for different things and often yeah. it's not big, big names. I think that's what I'm trying to say in a very right.
1: roundabout way. <laughs> so it, make, it makes sense. And your, <clears throat> sorry, your community thing sounded amazing. I remember you, I think it was in one of the last podcasts I was listening to, you said that there was a chap who came up with a points-based priority system. Oh, yes. Which um, I thought sounded genius. And probably is yeah. very helpful for anyone who struggles with time management, which I, I know I do.
0: Trust. Yes. And of course, now I've immediately forgot his name. I'm going to suggest to Chris that after the episode, I send his name and the other name, name. We'll put them in the episode notes because my brain <laughs> is. But yes, the community, we talked about like that support and not having yeah. a team. I started the Clever Copywriting School nine-ish years ago on Google+, and that still existed. Wow. Because I was just so lonely, and I didn't know what I was doing. And I randomly asked 25 people on Twitter who I didn't know if they would join. About 10 of them said no, and about 15 said yes. And that little gang taught me more about copywriting than I could have ever learned from a course. Even basic stuff like how to bill, like should you send first payment, you know, 50% up front. And I didn't even know stuff like that, what a retainer was because I knew how to write copy I'd been in an agency but I knew nothing about running a business and that translated into the clever copy writing school now I've got about 400 members and I wanted it to be the community I wish I'd had when I started so you know yes that was one particular session we did on productivity and not beating yourself up but and it was amazing um but yeah I love that community I get as much out of that community as I give it's for me really it's all about me to be honest
1: and if uh, if people want to uh, want to join the community, how do they? You have to take the course, to join the community?
0: No, 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 it's a separate beast. So it's not a course, and I think there's a big difference there. I found the ladies' handle. Sorry, yes. I've been trying.
1: To Brilliant. It's
0: the underscore copy underscore sprite, uh, the copy sprite with underscores in it. So uh, <laughs> I'll send Chris a link. She's great. Uh, yeah, so it's called the clever Copywriting school. It's a membership. Um, and it's got loads of teachings in it there's like 200 hours of training but it's not a course so it's more like a pick and mix remember when we had pick and mix at Woolworths yeah. Woolworths on now right we unless know. you're in so South Africa still here in Australia as well yeah. but it's like a, it's a supermarket here it's not Woolworths as we know it pick
1: in, in South Africa it's like waitrose <laughs> <Is> it?
0: oh,
1: <laughs> and then yeah. they have uh, I think they co-own Country Road which is also an Australian brand
0: yeah it is it is um yeah so no the membership is amazing um and uh join there you go there's my pitch
1: to get into to get become a member of that you just go to katetoon.com and then
0: yeah go there and then you can follow the journey I've got about eight different websites which is a foolish thing I did in the early years because I, I tell you though that was a confidence thing I started clever copywriting school and I was like no one's going to want to learn copywriting from me So I'm going to pretend that this is this glorious, you know, company that runs copywriting training. And then I started the recipe for SEO success. And I was like, no one's going to want to learn SEO from me. And now I realize that it's the me that people are really buying. You can learn SEO on Udemy if you want to. Is it Udemy or Udemy? I never know. But. And, and and everyone don't
1: do it <laughs>
0: exactly but, you know you've got your amazing copywriting course and I'm gonna I've got a few copywriting courses and you could be like oh god well are we in massive competition no because someone's gonna love your vibe and the way you teach and your wee wee tests and your little things that you've got and someone's gonna love mine someone mm-hmm. said to me the other day when they joined my course I was looking at someone else's SEO course but I just really hated her voice and I thought I can't sit through videos with this woman's voice now <laughs> Fantastic! I find my voice
1: super annoying, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm it's, sure you're you're absolutely right. I mean, it's probably like in in the real world. You know, if you if you want to start a restaurant, the best location is probably near a bunch of other restaurants. Um, and yeah. I think people get far too hung up on competition and uh, and jealousy and things that oh, have I, no good purpose <laughs> whatsoever.
0: Yeah, I, um, I have literally wasted. Months at a time being jealous, worrying about copycats, worrying about competition, feeling not good enough, measuring myself against their successes. Months I've wasted, so mm. much navel gazing, ridiculous. Um, and still now on a bad day, I can go down the rabbit hole of looking at what someone else is doing and get quite bleak about it. It's just who I am. I'm bleak. Mm. You know, I, I liked the Smiths as a child. It's it's in me. But um yeah, it's such a waste of time, such a waste mm. of time.
1: Yeah. But I, I think it's, I mean, my, my thing is, the more you share, the more you win. And I think you do that so much with everything that I've seen in your life. And I, I can only see it's made you better for it. You, you know, you've got amazing, uh, amazing son now. Your parents are yeah. coming over to come and visit finally after a three-year break, uh, yeah. business is going well. And what, what are the, some of the big things this year that you're looking forward to with, you know, apart from the parents coming over?
0: Uh, The parents coming over is both exciting and terrifying, but no, I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to speaking again. Um, Australia's opening up a little bit, so I'm off to a place called Wagga Wagga to speak there. I love
1: it, yeah.
0: Uh, I'm speaking at a conference next week. Um, uh, you know, I'm excited to get out and meet people again. I'm an ambivert, so I enjoy that. And then I enjoy hiding in my hotel room for like two days to recover. So I'm looking forward to that. I'm finally launching some of my own copywriting courses, which is bizarre. So I did the membership first and now I'm doing the courses. Most people do it the other way around. So I'm looking forward to launching some of those, even though there's a hard, you know how much hard work it is putting mm-hmm. a course together. And then I'm hoping to finish my next book, uh, which is all about trying to be a, a good a good person in business you know being ethical good etiquette you know how to be good in this crazy online world where everyone's a troll and and people are cruel um how to not let that get in so i'm really excited about that you know i'm a frustrated author chris i just really want to run away and write romance novels but um until i do i'll i'll get my kicks with writing business books
1: is that so mills and boons next
0: Uh, maybe yeah i'm thinking i i like i want to do historical I don't know. I've, I've I've got lots of ideas. I'm giving myself another five years, and then I might pack it all in and go and live in a hut and write my books.
1: Nice. That sounds amazing. I'd love yeah. to live in a hut and write books.
0: Stand up desk. Everybody, yeah. Chris just got a stand up desk. So <laughs> yes. Don't look, look
1: at the floor behind me. <laughs> 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 Your
0: so podcast voice will no. change when you stand up. Apparently, you'll be more well, I <laughs> so.
1: Yeah. It was uh, a, for me. It was just more more uh, a health. Thing. i think it's so much yeah. healthier uh, uh, i find so much the, sitting down all day
0: treadmills that you put under your desk so you can not only stand but you can walk as you
1: i've i've uh, i haven't got the treadmill but what i did buy is is a um something with uneven it's an uneven surface sort of thing so it's got pebbles and things inside it so
0: <laughs> what next are you gonna sit on a spike
1: I'm like, <laughs> a... I'm to... I'll, I'll let you know how it goes <laughs> I, I, hopefully, I'm still here in a few months' time, having uh, had a fall or something. Um, yeah. But uh, what? What? Uh, when's the book coming out roughly? Or do you? is that of... writing, Chris.
0: No, it's good. I've signed okay. up with a, with a publisher, like a co co publisher. Um, nice. So I've given. My, I'm I'm hoping to kind of work on that, like May, June, July. It's all written. You know, like it's in my head. It's a lot of collections of things that I've already written. I'm a, I'm a prolific producer of. Thoughtful social media posts. So a lot of them, the chapters are going to be expansions of those. You know, like it, so. Um, I, I hope this year it will be this year. There, I've said it. I will yeah, do it.
1: Brilliant. Okay, <laughs> fantastic. Well, I can't wait. And but you do have a brilliant book out already. If anyone, uh, if anyone can't wait for the oh, undetermined okay. time,
0: <laughs> yeah, it's called Confessions of a Misfit Entrepreneur: How to How to uh, How to Succeed in Business Despite Yourself. So it's a a bit of a self-help business book on, you know, overcoming things like imposter syndrome and being too emotional and comparisonitis and all that kind of stuff. It was a cathartic book, really written entirely for myself. But it's a hopefully a lot of fun. Yeah.
1: Definitely. Definitely is. I saw uh, the reviews and I've ordered a copy. So I (laughs) would
0: have sent you one. I would have
1: sent you five. No, no, don't (laughs) worry. It's an honor. I, uh, I actually don't know where I'm going to go from here. I had so many things. I mean, basically, you, you've won a, every award known to mankind, uh, as far as I know. Because uh, you, you, you were voted Australian Businesswoman of the Year, right? Oh, uh, that was
0: so... I've never entered any awards because I'm not really a winner of things. And then I <laughs> won that. It was devastating, Chris. It was during COVID. So I didn't even get to like wear a fancy outfit and kind of, you know, like it's probably the one thing I'm ever going to win and I didn't get to go and pick awesome. it up. But it was great. I, I, and people really seem to sort of take me a bit more seriously when I won that. I, I'm not a big believer in awards, yeah. but it's amazing how, what the impression they give on to other people, you know?
1: hundred uh, percent. I think it's like a, you know, the the I used to be in the wine industry years ago and, um, one of the best things we did was just put a fake sticker on the bottle saying uh, our favourite wine. Like we actually had fun with a copy on it. And uh, so we weren't pretending that we actually won an award, but it looked like an award badge. And just putting that badge on there with some fun copy helped us push more wine than anything else that we did. Um, Many
0: people love a logo. They love a stamp. They love like that circle with the wiggly edges around it. Whack that on something and it's like you're official now. It's crazy. 100%. (laughs)
1: Yeah, crazy. What's the sign? There is a sign behind you, which I can't quite read. It says Australian...
0: Oh, that's for CopyCon. That's for CopyCon. So um, I run a conference here in Australia called the Copywriting Conference. There's also a CopyCon in the UK as well. We kind of battle for the title of CopyCon in a friendly way. Um, so I don't think we're competing with each other. To be honest, so it's all good. Uh, so yes, I've had to put it off for the last couple of years, obviously due to some. I think there's a pandemic going on. I'm not sure if you've heard about it, but yeah, anyway. some,
1: someone ate a bat. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Uh, so hopefully this year in October, that will be happening again. Probably a lot smaller. I think people are still very nervous about being out and about. Um, but it's a, it's a great fun event. It's like it's like an Ed Sheeran contest, concert with copywriters and fewer ginger people. But um, it's very fun. And uh, I'm, I'm really looking forward to meeting. Because that's primarily for my members. But we do get real people in as well. Um, so it's just lovely to meet everybody in, in real life.
1: Oh, that sounds fantastic, and where and if, if people want to go, um, they need to get on a plane and go to Sid-
0: <laughs> Sydney, Australia. It's an amazing yeah. venue, actually. It looks out over Sydney Harbour Bridge, and um, we have a big party in the evening looking out over the bridge and the water. So mm. I think people just come for the party, to be honest.
1: So. And what, what, uh, what date, roughly?
0: Uh, I should know this, shouldn't I? It's in October at some point. I haven't okay. thought about it fuck this we've got the speakers the sales pages up if you go to copycon.com.au you can check it out and if you do fancy a trip to australia we'd love to see you just mention chris and i'll give you a discount on your ticket (laughs)
1: thanks (laughs) It's it's it sounds amazing well look i'll i'll um i'll kind of probably draw it draw it to an end here because i think otherwise um you know i need to go to bed sometime soon and you probably need to do some work you have got to finish but I have, a, I, have a, I have a stupid question for you. Um, okay. It's a would you rather. Uh, so would you rather live in a world where you always dance instead of walking or you always have to sing instead of talking? Oh, so definitely, rather, definitely. Definitely sing.
0: I always sing all the time. Sing. I sing a lot to my dog. So, you know, and also I'm the sort of person who goes, I am opening the fridge to get the milk out. Like I'm in some (laughs) terrible musical. So no, definitely singing. Yeah.
1: Brilliant. Congratulations. (laughs) (laughs) I love that answer. There was was no hesitation. It's like, yeah, definitely. Uh,
0: These are the questions I lay awake at night and think about, Chris. You know, I think it's important to know these things like what superpower, what would you spend a million dollars on? Which famous person in history? You've got to know the answers to these what,
1: what, things. What was your superpower? Uh,
0: I think it would be uh, mind reading. I think it would be very dark. I'd have to be able to switch it off, but I'd love to be able to read people's minds.
1: Wow. That's, that <laughs> uh,
0: quite bit, evil. that's quite evil. quite hot. <laughs> All
1: right. You bet you would that now. Uh, anyway. It's <laughs> <laughs> good. Well, well, done. Nice. Um, I think that's kind of it. like Thank you so much. And please, if anyone, uh, if anyone wants to learn more, just go to katetoon.com and you can browse any of her 50,000 websites with, <laughs> the, uh, with the 20 million other things that she's that she's doing. But um, yeah, I mean, the, we get to meet so many people when we're making these courses and I always feel so honoured when we do it. But really, Kate, like having chats with you when we made that copywriting course was one of the highlights of my year. Like, thank you so oh. much. Really, really, really enjoyed it. Um, and yeah, your, the way that you teach and the way that you share knowledge with humour, um, I just absolutely adore. So thank you very much for being here. And I wish you all the oh success goodness. and happiness and all the good things in the world. Um, and thank you so much for taking the time to speak to me. Um, I'll get back to making my desk. Um, (laughs) lots of love and, and thank you so much